David's path to the throne has been a rocky one, but in today's episode, he is finally recognized as the rightful king. It's 2 Samuel chapters 1 through 4 and Psalm 77 here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. After Saul's death, an Ammonite man comes to David claiming that he is the one who killed Saul, thinking he will be rewarded for his deed since Saul pursued David for so long. To say that David is displeased with this report, however, is an understatement. After a period of mourning for the house of Saul, David is anointed king in Judah. But Abner, the commander of Saul's army, has other plans. He crowns Saul's son Ishbosheth as king, accumulates power for himself, and fights against David's soldiers. Eventually, Abner concedes, but not without gaining a few enemies within David's camp. 2 Samuel chapters 1-4 through After the death of Saul, David returned from defeating the Amalekites and stayed at Ziklag two days. On the third day, a man with torn clothes and dust on his head came from Saul's camp. When he came to David, he fell to the ground and paid homage. David asked him, Where have you come from? He replied to him, I have escaped from the Israelite camp. What was the outcome? Tell me, David asked him. The troops fled from the battle, he answered. Many of the troops have fallen and are dead. Also, Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. David asked the young man who had brought him the report, How do you know Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, he replied, and there was Saul leaning on his spear. At that very moment, the chariots and the cavalry were closing in on him. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me, so I answered him, I'm at your service. He asked me, Who are you? I told him, I am an Amalekite. Then he begged me, Stand over me and kill me, for I'm mortally wounded, but my life still lingers. So I stood over him and killed him because I knew that after he had fallen, he couldn't survive. I took the crown that was on his head and the armband that was on his arm, and I've brought them here to my Lord. Then David took hold of his clothes and tore them, and all the men with him did the same. They mourned, wept, and fasted until the evening for those who died by the sword. For Saul, his son Jonathan, the Lord's people, and the house of Israel. David inquired of the young man who had brought him the report, Where are you from? I'm the son of a resident alien, he said. I'm an Amalekite. David questioned him. How is it? that you were not afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed. Then David summoned one of his servants and said to him, Come here and kill him. The servant struck him, and he died. For David had said to the Amalekite, 
Your blood is on your own head. Because your own mouth testified against you by saying, I killed the Lord's anointed. David sang the following lament for Saul and his son Jonathan. And he ordered that the Judahites be taught the song of the bow. It is written in the book of Jasher. The splendor of Israel lies slain on your heights. How the mighty have fallen. Do not tell it in Gath. Don't announce it in the marketplaces of Ashkelon. Or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice. And the daughters of the uncircumcised will celebrate. Mountains of Gilboa. Let no dew or rain be on you. Or fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul, no longer anointed with oil. Jonathan's bow never retreated. Saul's sword never returned unstained. From the blood of the slain, from the flesh of the mighty. Saul and Jonathan loved and delightful They were not parted in life or in death. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. Daughters of Israel, weep for Saul, who clothed you in scarlet with luxurious things, who decked your garments with gold ornaments. How the mighty have fallen in the thick of battle! Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were such a friend to me. Your love for me was more wondrous than the love of women. How the mighty have fallen and the weapons of war have perished. Sometime later, David inquired of the Lord, Should I go to one of the towns of Judah? The Lord answered him, Go. Then David asked, Where should I go? To Hebron, the Lord replied. So David went there with his two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelite and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. In addition, David brought the men who were with him, each one with his family, and they settled in the towns near Hebron. Then the men of Judah came, And there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. They told David, It was the men of Jabesh-Gilead who buried Saul. David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead and said to them, The Lord bless you, because you have shown this kindness to Saul your Lord when you buried him. Now, may the Lord show kindness and faithfulness to you. And I will also show the same goodness to you, because you have done this deed. Therefore be strong and valiant. For though Saul your Lord is dead, the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. Abner son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, took Saul's son Ishbosheth and moved him to Mahanaim. He made him king over Gilead, Asher, Jezreel, Ephraim, Benjamin, over all Israel. Saul's son Ishbosheth 
was 40 years old when he became king over Israel. He reigned for two years. The house of Judah, however, followed David. The length of time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Abner son of Ner and soldiers of Ishbosheth son of Saul marched out from Mahanaim to Gibeon. So Joab son of Zeruiah and David's soldiers marched out and met them by the pool of Gibeon. The two groups took up positions on opposite sides of the pool. Then Abner said to Joab, Let's have the young men get up and compete in front of us. Let them get up, Joab replied. So they got up and were counted off, twelve for Benjamin and Ishbosheth son of Saul, and twelve from David's soldiers. Then each man grabbed his opponent by the head and thrust his sword into his opponent's side, so that they all died together. So this place, which is in Gibeon, is named Field of Blades. The battle that day was extremely fierce. And Abner and the men of Israel were defeated by David's soldiers. The three sons of Zeruiah were there, Joab, Abishai, and Azahel. Azahel was a fast runner, like one of the wild gazelles. He chased Abner and did not turn to the right or the left in his pursuit of him. Abner glanced back and said, Is that you, Azahel? Yes, it is, Azahel replied. Abner said to him, Turn to your right or left. Seize one of the young soldiers and take whatever you can get from him. But Azahel would not stop chasing him. Once again, Abner warned Azahel, Stop chasing me! Why should I strike you to the ground? How could I ever look your brother Joab in the face? But Azahel refused to turn away. So Abner hit him in the stomach with the butt of his spear. The spear went through his body and he fell and died right there. As they all came to the place where Azahel had fallen and died, they stopped. But Joab and Abishai, 
pursued Abner. By sunset they had gone as far as the hill of Amma, which is opposite Gia, on the way to the wilderness of Gibeon. The Benjaminites rallied to Abner. They formed a unit and took their stand on top of a hill. Then Abner called out to Joab, Must the sword devour forever? Don't you realize this will only end in bitterness? How long before you tell the troops to stop pursuing their brothers? As God lives, Joab replied, If you had not spoken up, the troops wouldn't have stopped pursuing their brothers until morning. Then Joab blew the ram's horn and all the troops stopped. They no longer pursued Israel or continued to fight. So Abner and his men marched through the Araba all that night. They crossed the Jordan, marched all morning, and arrived at Mahanaim. When Joab had turned back from pursuing Abner, he gathered all the troops. In addition to Azahel, nineteen of David's soldiers were missing, but they had killed 360 of the Benjaminites and Abner's men. Afterward, they carried Azahel to his father's tomb in Bethlehem and buried him. Then Joab and his men marched all night and reached Hebron at dawn. During the long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, David was growing stronger and the house of Saul was becoming weaker. Sons were born to David in Hebron. His firstborn was Ammon by Ahinoam the Jezreelite. His second was Chiliab by Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. The third was Absalom, son of Mechah, the daughter of King Talmai of Geshur. The fourth was Adonijah, son of Haggith. The fifth was Shephatiah, son of Abital. The sixth was Ithream, by David's wife, Eglah. These were born to David in Hebron. During the war between the house of Saul and the house of David, Abner kept acquiring more power in the house of Saul. Now, Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, daughter of Aiah, and Ishbosheth questioned Abner, Why do you sleep with my father's concubine? Abner was very angry about Ishbosheth's accusation. Am I a dog's head who belongs to Judah? he asked. All this time I've been loyal to the family of your father Saul, to his brothers and to his friends, and haven't betrayed you to David. But now you accuse me of wrongdoing with this woman? May God punish Abner and do so severely, if I don't do for David what the Lord swore to him, to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and establish the throne of David over Israel and Judah from Dan to Beersheba. Ishbosheth did not dare respond to Abner because he was afraid of him. Abner sent messengers as his representatives to say to David, Whose land is it? Make your covenant with me, and you can be certain I am on your side to turn all Israel over to you. David replied, 
Good. I will make a covenant with you. However, there's one thing I require of you. You will not see my face unless you first bring Saul's daughter, Michael, when you come to see me. Then David sent messengers to say to Ishbosheth, son of Saul, Give me back my wife, Michael. I was engaged to her for the price of a hundred Philistine foreskins. So Ishbosheth sent someone to take her away from her husband, Paltiel, son of Laish. Her husband followed her, weeping all the way to Bahurim. Abner said to him, Go back. So he went back. Abner conferred with the elders of Israel. In the past, you wanted David to be king over you. Now take action, because the Lord has spoken concerning David. Through my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the power of the Philistines and the power of all Israel's enemies. Abner also informed the Benjaminites and went to Hebron to inform David about all that was agreed on by Israel and the whole house of Benjamin. When Abner and twenty men came to David at Hebron, David held a banquet for him and his men. Abner said to David, Let me go and I will gather all Israel to my lord the king. They will make a covenant with you, and you will reign over all you desire. So David dismissed Abner, and he went in peace. Just then, David's soldiers and Joab returned from a raid and brought a large amount of plundered goods with them. Abner was not with David in Hebron because David had dismissed him and he had gone in peace. When Joab and his whole army arrived, Joab was informed, Abner, son of Ner, came to see the king. The king dismissed him and he went in peace. Joab went to the king and said, What have you done? Look here, Abner came to you. Why did you dismiss him? Now he's getting away. You know that Abner, son of Ner, came to deceive you and to find out about your military activities and everything you're doing. Then Joab left David and sent messengers after Abner. 
They brought him back from the well of Sira, but David was unaware of it. When Abner returned to Hebron, Joab pulled him aside to the middle of the city gate, as if to speak to him privately. And there, Joab stabbed him in the stomach. So Abner died in revenge for the death of Azahel, Joab's brother. David heard about it later and said, I and my kingdom are forever innocent before the Lord concerning the blood of Abner son of Ner. May it hang over Joab's head and his father's whole family. And may the house of Joab never be without someone who has a discharge or a skin disease or a man who can only work a spindle or someone who falls by the sword or starves. Joab and his brother Abishai killed Abner because he had put their brother Azahel to death in the battle at Gibeon. David then ordered Joab and all the people who were with him, Tear your clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourn over Abner. And King David walked behind the coffin. When they buried Abner in Hebron, the king wept aloud at Abner's tomb. All the people wept, and the king sang a lament for Abner. Should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound, your feet not placed in bronze shackles. You fell like one who falls victim to criminals. And the people wept over him even more. Then they came to urge David to eat food while it was still day. But David took an oath. May God punish me and do so severely if I taste bread or anything else before sunset. All the people took note of this, and it pleased them. In fact, everything the king did pleased them. On that day, all the troops and all Israel were convinced that the king had no part in the killing of Abner, son of Ner. Then the king said to his soldiers, You must know that a great leader has fallen in Israel today. As for me, even though I am the anointed king, I have little power today. These men, the sons of Zeruiah, are too fierce for me. May the Lord repay the evildoer according to his evil. When Saul's son Ishbosheth heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he gave up, and all Israel was dismayed. Saul's son had two men who were leaders of raiding parties, one named Bena and the other Rechab, sons of Rimmon the Berethite of the Benjaminites. Berith is also considered part of Benjamin, and the Berethites fled to Gataim and still reside there as aliens today. Saul's son Jonathan had a son whose feet were crippled. He was five years old when the report about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nanny picked him up and fled, but as she was hurrying to flee, he fell and became lame. His name was Mephibosheth. Rechab and Bena, the sons of Rimmon the Berethite, set out 
and arrived at Ishbosheth's house during the heat of the day while the king was taking his midday nap. They entered the interior of the house as if to get wheat and stabbed him in the stomach. Then Rechab and his brother Bena escaped. They had entered the house while Ishbosheth was lying on his bed in his bedroom and stabbed and killed him. They removed his head, took it, and traveled by way of the Arabah all night. They brought Ishbosheth's head to David at Hebron and said to the king, Here's the head of Ishbosheth, son of Saul, your enemy who intended to take your life. Today the Lord has granted vengeance to my lord the king against Saul and his offspring. But David answered Rechab and his brother Bena, sons of Rimmon the Berethite. As the Lord lives, the one who has redeemed my life from every distress. When the people told me, look, Saul is dead, he thought he was a bearer of good news. But I seized him and put him to death at Ziklag. That was my reward to him for his news. How much more when wicked men kill a righteous man in his own house on his own bed? So now should I not require his blood from you and purge you from the earth? So David gave orders to the young men, and they killed Rechab and Bena. They cut off their hands and feet and hung their bodies by the pool in Hebron. But they took Ishbosheth's head and buried it in Abner's tomb in Hebron. Psalm 77 I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and He will hear me. I sought the Lord in my day of trouble. My hands were continually lifted up all night long. I refused to be comforted. I think of God. I groan. I meditate. My spirit becomes weak. You have kept me from closing my eyes. I am troubled and cannot speak. I consider days of old, years long past. At night I remember my music. I meditate in my heart and my spirit ponders. Will the Lord reject forever and never again show favor? Has his faithful love ceased forever? Is his promise at an end for all generations? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? So I say, I am grieved that the right hand of the Most High has changed. I will remember the Lord's works. Yes, I will remember your ancient wonders. I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on your actions. God, your way is holy. What God is great like God? You are the God who works wonders. You revealed your strength among the peoples. With power, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The water saw you, God. 
The water saw you. It trembled. Even the depths shook. The clouds poured down water. The storm clouds thundered. Your arrows flashed back and forth. The sound of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Lightning lit up the world. The earth shook and quaked. Your way went through the sea, and your path through the vast water. But your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. If you are joining us for the first time because we're starting a new book, I just want to say welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Come back anytime, but also know that if you come back in January, you can read through the entire Bible with us. Now, having said that, you could start today and wind up back here a year from now, and you'll have completed the Bible that way too. If you want more information, check out the website commuterbible.org. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Caitlin Pridgen, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. Day and night.